there are now eight days until Leap Day, a 24-hour period that only happens every four years, and for which there do not appear to be any large celebrations. Will there be an edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement on that day? For now, it may be better to simply proceed with the February 21st, 2024 edition of the program. I'm Sean Tubbs, a believer that every day has something worth celebrating, even when there's tragedy. On today's show, a man is dead after being struck last evening by a moving vehicle on US-29 between Stonefield and Seminole Square Shopping Center. Charlottesville's Planning Commission gets an update on UVA's three affordable housing projects, as well as student housing at the Darden Business School. The Albemarle County Public Safety Operations Center at Fashion Square Mall is now operational. And Albemarle County Executive Jeffrey Richardson recommends a budget for fiscal year 2025 with no anticipated tax rate increases, but one that's about $75 million larger than fiscal year 24 due to increased borrowing for capital projects. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, WTJU provides great music for the community every hour of the week, including live performance broadcasts by area artists. Get your calendar ready to mark down some of those times. Every Friday night, WTJU hosts a live music series called Offbeat Roadhouse, featuring mostly acoustic artists, folk, blues, jazz, Americana, and beyond. This Friday features two-time national flat-picking guitar champion Scott Four. That's a live concert that is free and open to the public. Check out the schedule at WTJU.net for more information. And every third Saturday, WTJU hosts Third Rail, a live music series that pushes genre boundaries. This past Saturday saw Trey Charles with his soulful expressions of indie folk, neo-soul, and alternative rock. The performance is on YouTube if you want to check it out. And visit WTJU.net for more information and find something new to listen to. A 59-year-old man was killed last night after being struck by a moving vehicle on US-29 near India Road. The Albemarle County Police Department reports that Charles Russell Gray of Charlottesville was transported to the University of Virginia Medical Center but later died of his injuries. The Albemarle County Police Department is asking for witnesses of the crash to please contact the traffic unit at 434-296-5807 or there's also a Crime Stoppers link for those who might want to remain anonymous at 434-977-4000. The email is crimestoppers at albemarle.org. The Albemarle County's Police Department Fatal Crash Reconstruction Team is reviewing the incident. The incident is not a hit and run, as the driver stayed after the incident, according to county officials. This is the first pedestrian death in Albemarle County of 2024. The general area where Gray was struck and killed is the location of a planned pedestrian bridge that's still in the planning stages. India Road leads into the Seminole Square Shopping Center in the city of Charlottesville. Across US-29 is Stonefield. Will Stowe is the construction manager for several projects that are being built in the Hydraulic Road area. The pedestrian bridge that is across 29 is still 
in design. We haven't reached final design for that element yet. I'll have more from that interview and more on those hydraulic road projects in a future edition of this program. On January 13th, 2023, a pedestrian was struck and killed crossing US-29 at Fashion Square Mall, according to the Virginia Department of Transportation's crash database. Another person was killed this same way on November 3rd, 2020. Another pedestrian was killed on Rio Road at Fashion Square Mall on June 19th, 2022. Another pedestrian was killed on October 25th, 2019, crossing US-29 across from Rivanna Plaza near Gander Drive. There were no pedestrian fatalities in Albemarle in 2017 or 2018. More housing units are slated for this area, which could lead to additional conflict between pedestrians and motorists in the area. Virginia Supportive Housing continues to raise funds for an 80-unit facility on the site of the former Red Carpet Inn. There are plans to develop both the Seaville Oriental site in Albemarle County, as well as the Hibachi Grill Buffet Supreme in Charlottesville, with hundreds of apartment units. I'll have more about that last bit in my next article for Seaville Weekly. Selected sections of Albemarle County's police, fire, and EMS services are now operating out of the former J.C. Penney at Fashion Square Mall. Here's a section from a story in the Winter 2024 report from Albemarle's Department of Facilities and Environmental Services. The renovated facility achieved substantial completion on November 30, 2023, at which time the Albemarle County Police Department and Albemarle County Fire Rescue began moving furniture and equipment. In July of 2022, the Board of Supervisors approved a long-term lease to rent the property from Seminole Trail Management and committed $3.1 million in capital costs to upgrade it into a public safety operations center. On March 21, 2023, the county awarded a contract to Marion Enterprises, Incorporated to do the work, and their efforts concluded in November. As a result, Albemarle Fire and Rescue now has a new centralized storage area and vehicle bays for repair and maintenance. Here's another section from the report. Vehicles and uniforms can efficiently be cleaned and repaired to better ensure the health and safety of both the fire and rescue team as well as the community at large. The Albemarle County Police Department also gained additional storage, vehicle maintenance space, and office areas for special operations community support, K-9 units, animal protection, and mental health needs. According to the report, an area that had been anticipated to be shared with other businesses has been obtained for exclusive use by the county. There are no public facilities at the Public Safety Operations Center. The current annual rent for Albemarle is $429,117.21, based on $12.90 per square feet, with a 3.5% annual increase expected. That's according to Abby Stumpf, the county's director of communications and public engagement. The operational budget for this year is $533,325. That includes rent, utilities, facility maintenance, and other facility-related services. Meanwhile, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors has a public hearing tonight on a special use permit for the proposed Home Depot to be allowed to have outdoor display and sales. Home Depot purchased a large portion of the Fashion Square Mall for $1.762 million in September of 2022. 
In what is expected to become commonplace under a new development code, the Charlottesville Planning Commission had no public hearings at its meeting on February 13, 2024. There were several updates from commissioners, including a preview of one item that the University of Virginia's governing body will hear next week. Here's Michael Joy, the recently appointed non-voting representative from the University of Virginia. The Darden Graduate Apartment Building is um, being uh, brought to the Board of Visitors for final approval later this month, uh, and that will begin uh, construction shortly after with um, with a tentative projected opening in 2026, and that's additional 350 uh, beds. The Board of Visitors Buildings and Grounds Committee had a preliminary look at their meeting in December, as I wrote about at the time. Joy also mentioned that UVA and the UVA Foundation are partnering with nonprofit groups on two affordable housing projects. The Piedmont Housing Alliance is working on the Piedmont site off of Fontaine Avenue, and a group called Preservation of Affordable Housing is working on a site at the corner of 10th and Wortland. Commissioner Carl Schwartz, a 10th and Page resident, had a question about the latter. Our neighborhood association tried to reach out to POAH at one point, and they said the contracts hadn't been signed yet. Has that been finalized? Are they? Is My understanding is today I was told that everything is fully active and that they are now uh, working within the community. According to the website of the President's Council on UVA Community Partnerships, work on community engagement is expected to begin in early 2024. Here's a section from that update. The timeline for construction will depend on the rezoning process and the financing. Based on conversations with the developers, construction likely will not commence before 2026 at the earliest. The third site selected by UVA for an affordable housing project is at the UVA Foundation's North Fork Discovery Park. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors approved a rezoning to allow residential uses at their meeting on February 7th. Michael Joy did not attend the January 19th meeting of the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee, or LUPEC. That's a closed-door body that succeeded the Public Planning and Coordination Council after the latter was dissolved in late 2019. Planning Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg did attend that one according to the minutes and his report to the Planning Commission. We discussed um, uh, essentially the three-party agreement that is the basis, uh, that is why LUPEC exists um, and is the basis of cooperation uh, between the three entities. The three parties are Albemarle, Charlottesville, and the University of Virginia. And the agreement was signed in 1986 after UVA expressed concerns about Albemarle's approval of a rezoning of land on Fontaine Avenue for a shopping center that was never built. The University of Virginia's Fontaine Research Park is currently located there. Stolzenberg said there was a discussion at the January 19th meeting at LUPEC about whether the agreement should be revisited. Revisiting it to an extent to uh, perhaps further define how some of the processes are supposed to work. Um, in many ways, the, th the agreement is vague. The public is not allowed to attend meetings of the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee, but materials are posted after the fact. Slide 9 of the 13-page presentation appears to indicate that LUPEC may be used in the future to review land use changes in both county and city in what is known as Area B. See the map to see where Area B be. The three-party agreement also established that UVA would be able to appoint non-voting members of the planning commissions of both Albemarle and Charlottesville, 
which is how Michael Joy sits on the city's body. There is currently no non-voting UVA member of the Albemarle Planning Commission, but a top official in the UVA Architect's Office was appointed by the Board of Supervisors in January 22 as a voting member. Additionally, the UVA Foundation's Director of Design and Development was named as the Scottsville District Representative. In that capacity, Fred Missel also attends meetings of the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee. He's also chair of the Albemarle Planning Commission. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, one Patreon supporter wants you to know that Charlottesville has an e-bike lending library. E-bikes are a great way to get around the community, but there are many brands and styles to choose from. And because many e-bikes are sold online, it can be a challenge to try one out before you buy it. The Charlottesville e-bike lending library is a free, not-for-profit service working to expand access to e-bikes in the area. They have a small collection of e-bikes that are lent out daily to community members for up to a week for free. You can experience your daily commute, go grocery shopping, or even take your kids to school on an e-bike and decide whether these vehicles are right for you. Check out the service at ebikelibrarycville.org. One more story to go today, and uh, there's a lot more to come from this. This is the budget for fiscal year 25 in Albemarle County. Albemarle County Executive Jeffrey Richardson has presented the Board of Supervisors with a recommended operating and capital budget of $629,054,446. That's an increase of about $74.4 million over the current fiscal year. Board, I'm proud to say that this recommended budget that's before you today is balanced on the same tax rates as the current year. Those tax rates are a real property tax rate of 0.854 cents per $100 of assessed value and a personal property tax rate of $3.42 per $100 of assessed value. Richardson's direction for the budget comes from the strategic plan a document last adopted by the Board of Supervisors in October 2022. That plan guides budget development over multiple years. This year's budget is titled Building Momentum, Transforming Our Future, carrying on from the title of this year's budget, which is Activating the Strategic Plan to Strengthen Our Foundation. It is building momentum. Year two of this five-year strategic plan, if you look inside this budget, you will see a lot of things that we are doing, a lot of things that we're going to finish this year, a lot of things that we're going to open this year, and this is momentum as we go into year two. The document itself reflects more spending on public safety. Part of the county's new court facilities will come online in late 2025, and the county also has to pay more of the share for firefighters hired through grants from the Federal Emergency Management Agency. In FY25, we're beginning to pick up some costs that previous policy and funding decisions require. The new courts were a capital expense, but now require revenue for staffing and operating the new building and the expanded square footage. Richardson said federal COVID-19 relief funds are now receding. 
We use these funds to do exactly what we thought we could do, one-time money that we quickly spun into programs that would make meaningful impact. Richardson said Albemarle will also be paying more for transit to make up for reduced federal and state revenue that went to transit agencies to help keep them afloat as ridership dropped in the early pandemic. Recommended expenditures also equal $629,054,446, with 39% going to local government and 58% going to Albemarle County Public Schools. Superintendent Matt Haas will unveil his budget request tomorrow. 3% of county expenditures will go to the city of Charlottesville per the Revenue Sharing Agreement. The payment will increase from $15.7 million in fiscal year 24 to $17.76 million in fiscal year 25, a 13% increase. There is no new funding in the recommended budget for climate action funding. A total of $421,604 was allocated to that pool in fiscal year 24. Here are some more highlights of what's in the budget, but this is not complete. The budget adds additional funding to continue the microcat program and adds additional funds for Charlottesville area transit. The fiscal year 24 budget approved $1.3 million for cat, and that will increase by 43% to $1.859 million. The amount of local funds allocated for microcat in fiscal year 24 was $175,000. That will increase to $1.742 million in fiscal year 25. There's an additional $2 million going to Albemarle's housing fund. The budget anticipates that the first phase of Biscuit Run will be complete in fiscal year 25 with over four miles of trails. Revenue collected through the disposable plastic bag tax will begin to go toward litter cleanups on county roadways. The recommended budget anticipates the hiring of 36.87 additional full-time equivalents for a total of 957.22 county employees. You can read the details of that on page 84 of the recommended budget. I will have more from this budget, including initial reactions from the Board of Supervisors in a future edition of the newsletter. What's next? There will be a public hearing on Richardson's budget on February 28th. That's followed by a series of work sessions. Stay tuned to Charlottesville Community Engagement in the Week Ahead newsletter on Sunday, as well as all sorts of other things. Thank you for listening. And now it's time for the end. But that's the end of number 639. How do the stories that appear in Charlottesville Community Engagement get selected? Good question. Every day is different. And the idea for this program came from a 15-minute newscast that used to be on the radio at a Virginia public radio station when I was getting started. I learned a lot in a four-month internship at that station back in 1995 and have spent nearly the last four years trying to replicate it. And now the goal is to strengthen and augment and signal boost this work, and that's where you come in. To grow, I really could use more subscribers, both paid and unpaid. If you benefit from this work, please tell someone about it. It's always going to be free to sign up. Subscribers help to cover my time and for other people to be able to read it, and I'm grateful for your support. And I'm grateful to Ting for their support by matching every initial Substack subscription. This is an incredibly generous sponsorship, 
And if you sign up for service and enter the promo code community, you're going to get free installation, a second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Thank you very much. We're done. Goodbye. Goodbye.